Welcome to the Digital Transformation of Business podcast, brought to you by Hughes On. Well, hi there again. This is Curtis Campbell, one of your hosts for the Hughes On podcast today. I'm joined here by the usual suspects, Mike Tippett and Chuck Keeler. Hey, guys. Hey. How you doing? Glad to be back here talking to you guys. We've had a lot of opportunity to see some fun things happen in the marketplace, and we wanted to dedicate our discussion today to a couple of reports that we've been seeing out there just by various thought leaders and kind of substantiate it with a benchmark report. So we're going to keep the focus of the discussion today pretty much purely on digital signage, but not just what is digital signage, but where is digital signage going? So for those who are listening in, we're talking about a report that was done by WBR Insights. They're a New York-based research firm as well as an event planning company. And they did a research report talking about the customer-facing digital signage market and retail through 2021. We were fortunate enough to participate a little bit in this report as well, but all the research was, of course, gathered by them and then interpreted by them. So guys, starting right at the top of this report, all of you have had an opportunity to read through this. What were some of your initial thoughts? I like the first thing that was mentioned. It said that in 2019, a new generation of customers has developed a preference for brick-and-mortar stores. This whole brick-and-mortar retail is dead. This whole thing reminds me of Mark Twain when he said, the reports of my death are greatly exaggerated, right? People still want to touch stuff. People still want to see it. You want to return it somewhere. You want to know that you gave it back, they credited your cost back. But things that we've seen and listening to some of the folks like Laura Davis-Taylor and Ed King and the guys from High Street, the, the brick and mortar is changing to where it's becoming a physical incarnation or instantiation of the website. Yeah, no, very much so. I completely agree with you because it's, it's not just walking into a store off the street. You, you have already done your research online and you're walking in looking for the experience to be augmented from what you already have decided to go into the store to do. So stores are becoming smarter. Yes. With technology. That's a great way to put it, yeah. So, guys, this report is riddled with statistics. They interviewed several hundred C-level executives as well as director-level executives for mid- to large-tier retailers. And they talked about the customer experience and why it's so important in the store. So what do you guys think about that? Well, the customer experience is the reason for the store. At the end of the day, if you don't want a customer experience, call a telephone number and order a product go online, order a product, but even online has an experience. Now, the, the customer experience is ring zero of what you're focusing on right now. And, and I think that the, as the report points out, digital signage gives you the flexibility and the ability to deliver on your objectives there for the customer experience. The report substantiates exactly what you just said. It says over half of retailers complain that customers respond to their use of digital signage very well. What do you guys think with regards to digital signage and customer responding to it? What do you think makes a good experience versus a bad experience? We were talking offline earlier today, and, we, and one thing that I've thought of is that if a piece of technology in the store makes my life easier, makes finding a product easier, makes finding a good deal more easy for me, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to like it. For example... When I order a burger at certain locations and I can walk up to a kiosk, customize it the exact way that I want it, not have to wait in line because the line is normally longer behind the registers than it is behind the kiosks, boom, 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 go. Costco, for example, they rolled out the kiosk where you can order your pizza and hot dogs and drinks and stuff, and it's literally 25 seconds to order 
a meal for your whole family, prints out a receipt, they call the number, and to me, makes my life easier. Well, also, I mean, not just your experience you just dealt with, it also eliminates human error for the most part, too. Because when you're standing in a traditional line, you're counting on that person to truly be engaged with you and be entering your order the way you ask them to. Because I can't tell you how many times and how frustrating it is when I go up to the counter, say at another burger joint that doesn't use digital technology in this way, and I tell them how I want it. You know, my daughter's very specific. She doesn't want ketchup. She only wants mustard and pickles. And if there's anything besides that, she's going to throw it in the garbage. And so you take that chance of removing the human error, but then at the same time, you also use that technology to deliver an exceptional experience of saying, yes, I get to design this exactly how I want it. And Chuck, you, you nailed it on the head when you said, if it makes my life easier, I'm going to adopt it. <laughs> Go back to, you know, riding lawnmowers. Right. Why yeah. would I pay? Why would I pay fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars for a lawnmower? Because I can sit down and drive it instead of push it. And it has a cup holder and it has a cup holder. And why would I pay three hundred dollars for headphones when I can get a free pair on the airliner? Because it makes your life better. It makes your life easier. It makes your life more enjoyable. We adopt those things. And I go back to what I said a minute ago. Digital gives the retailer the flexibility to deliver it when, how, and where it's necessary and change it if it needs to be. Exactly. And I had, a, I had an experience the other day where I was at a grocery store and there was a digital sign and it was offering a discount, but it required multiple steps of interactivity before they gave you the coupon code or, or whatever. So I decided very quickly I would either grab the product and pay full price and keep walking or I would not buy it at all. I walked down a little further. Another sign says, buy one, get one free. It was something that I could use. I grabbed two of them. I didn't have to interact in a laborsome way. Now, brief interaction, and we'll talk about interactivity, I'm sure. Great. Interactivity that is meaningful to me, great. But I don't want to go through a, a nine-step process to save 40 cents. So to your example you just shared, your expectation is that it's going to simplify your life. But if you have a grocery cart or one of those pushing ones that has a race car in the front, you've got your kids with you, and now you realize you've got to take a 12-step process to get a 75-cent off coupon, I would deem that as a failure to deliver on your expectation. Would you disagree? No, absolutely. No, but that's, that's a failure of knowing your audience, right? If you don't know your audience, my audience has children in a grocery cart, so don't make it cumbersome. So we've seen numbers of examples of successful digital signage deployments as well as absolute failures. Let's start with the negative. When have you guys seen digital signage just flat out fail? I think the most common that I've seen is when the TV is just off or frozen or has old content, uh, it's not running. They probably had good intentions. They probably had decent content to begin with. They didn't keep up with it. Yeah. What about you? The ultimate fail was the first go round at Walmart. And Walmart's been through a couple of, bless their hearts, you know, they're, they're working it and they're trying stuff out. But the first go around at Walmart, they came in and they put a lot of screens in a lot of Walmarts. And no matter where you went, at least half of them were dark. Every time. Or, or worse, they had this bouncing logo that basically said, I'm not working the way I'm supposed to. And again, I don't want to pick on Walmart because I believe they plow the field and try things. But... Their second go-round with digital signage, they parked the screens in the aisles, but they, in order to deal with 
the freight and stuff that they do in their aisles, the, the screens had to be so high, high up yeah, yeah. that you didn't see them unless, you know, you had a neck injury and your head was tilted back on purpose. <laughs> there was one other one, Tesco over in Europe. Now, this was very early digital signage. We're talking 2003, 2004. They went whole hog on digital signage. They put a ton of screens in their stores. Every one of their stores had what was called the power aisle, which was right down the middle of the store, and they lined all that. But they didn't take down a single poster, not one. All the paper was still hanging. Hmm. So you had screens mixed amongst paper. And to be perfectly honest, and I think I probably still have the pictures, you you almost couldn't tell. Which they got was lost. Dig- yeah. Right? And so yeah. you had all that money. And again, this is 2003 and four when a 45, 50-inch television was, was pricey. Yeah. yeah. So they put a lot, but they didn't take down a single piece of paper. That was a fail. And the only other thing I would say, and I, have, I can't think of a particular example, but what we were just talking about a minute ago, if you don't know your audience... Here's another example. If you're putting up digital signage or you want to do interactive, okay, and you're going to put it in the children's department, that's a fail going to happen because here's going to be a mother or father who's shopping for their children. They've got one on their hip, okay? They've been trying to keep them quiet, so they're giving them crackers and drinks. The kid's got a messy hand, and you walk up to a touch screen. It's got peanut butter on it. Yeah, and are you going to be the person next in line that touches that screen? No, thank you. No, thank you. So think about what you're doing. Met with met with a retailer just recently, and they're talking about putting screens in certain areas where the kids need to be entertained. So what are they going to put? They're going to license some sort of commercial content that's child-oriented, and they'll play it there, and then the kids are going to park themselves, and mom and dad, mom and dad aren't going to, it's not a daycare. Mom and dad aren't going to leave them there while they go all over the large retail. But while they're in this area, they can park and watch the content while mom and dad speak to the teenage brother or sister and purchase the things they need and then come on. Here we go. So I think that's knowing your audience. You know, Jimboree, they, they did that Jimboree kids the, TV, the clothing store, yeah, the for clothing kids. store yeah. the clothing store. They, in the back corner of the store, they had this little TV. And when it first was introduced, it was a genius idea. The mom could go in there, buy the Christmas outfits that they needed, or the dad could go in there and buy the, whatever they needed for the kid. And the kid would just automatically run from the front of the store all the way to the back because they knew they could park their kid right in front of that thing and watch. The problem was, to your very point, of a kid with dirty fingers, kids touch things. So after probably six months, you go back there and you can barely even make out what the picture is on the screen. So they're, they're failing to deliver on the experience. So the kids aren't sitting there watching it because they can't tell whatever, what, what, what the heck's on the screen to begin with. And McDonald's ran into this huge PR debacle recently with they found fecal matter on oh, touchscreens. Oh, no. You know, and that was a big deal. Think about ordering that hamburger. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, everything, every new technology is going to have its bumps and, and its bruises, right? It's interesting. The article touches a little bit on interactivity and so forth. Interactive is coming around again. Early on, we had a lot of people, and, and again, you know, been in this industry for quite some time now, and it's, hey, wow, screens, put touch screens in. It'll be so much better and interactive and everything. But the cost and the technology weren't there yet. The reliability of, I touched on that part of the screen, but it didn't record, it recorded over here. And the, the audience wasn't ready for it, the industry wasn't ready for it. But I feel that coming around again, and I think this time they're truly ready. I laugh, I truly laugh when I hear about these people talking about the magic mirrors and all that kind of stuff. Do I believe we'll come to the day where I can walk into a room and it will show me me in clothes without me? Yeah, absolutely, but we're not there yet. 
we're just now getting to where people are accustomed to and even expecting digital screens to display information, whether that's menu boards or guidance. I think in this vein of interactivity, I think the other thing you can feel coming down the street here pretty good is the idea that we'll use RFID to drive behavior on the screen. So when I pick up a piece of merchandise, that causes a reaction that now on the screen in front of me shows me, you know, something specific to what you picked up. Exactly. Yeah. So you pick up a pair of pants, it shows you a belt or Or a shirt or or a tie. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or it shows you that specific pair of pants with with all those other things. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny because this report, it talks about how about 96% of the respondents of this, and bear in mind, these respondents are from mid to large tier retailers. 96% of them said that they've tried digital signage in their store in some capacity. But the thing that's funny is that of those that said yes, only 22% of those people felt like that it delivered an exceptionally good experience to their customers. But 52% felt that it's eh, it's pretty good, pretty well. But there, the thing that was surprising to me was that 22% of those respondents, so roughly a third of that 96%, said that it delivered a negligible experience. And I would probably debate with those individuals some of that outcome. And for me... If I was going to judge the effectiveness of digital signage, everybody wants to judge it based on POS results, right? They want to, did sales move up? Did sales move up? But honestly, your job in, in marketing, which is what digital signage is in the store, it's a marketing tool, right? In some exceptions, the kiosks at the burger places, it's a cash register too and everything. But generally speaking, it's a, it's a marketing tool. Your job as a marketer is to influence, okay? If you stood outside of a store, and inside that store you had one digital signage screen that was telling a message, and you had a poster that was telling an alternate message or a similar but different message, you stand outside that store and you ask people exiting that store, uh, did you see message A, which is on digital signage screen? 85-plus percent are going to say yes, and you ask them about the poster, less than 45% are going to say yes. It just it's more impactful, the message. And and that goes all the way through to retention of the message, understanding the message and everything. So digital signage, you know, needs to be used in the right way and used for the right purpose and and measured accordingly. Now, in any business, you don't bring a tool or technology on that doesn't help you increase sales. But I think if you try to tie it to today's cash register, you're missing out. I think you're making a mistake. I love what you just said. So I want to, again, tie what we're saying all to data that was gathered in this report, because I think you just touched on a big pain point for digital signage and those, and those that have tried it. Again, of those respondents that were in this report, when they asked what their biggest pain point of customer-facing digital signage was, was that 61% said that customers tend to ignore it or don't notice it at all. So what do you think that those retailers are doing wrong? when they don't notice it. I mean, I know you used your Tesco example in Europe where they never took down the paper flyers and they put screens on. I don't know, Chuck, what do you think? There was a quote in the report that says, as we will find, digital signage success hinges on more than just scope of adoption. Function, content, placement, and competitive value all contribute to the success of retailers' investment. So I think it's when you're not hitting all of those, when you're falling short in the, these different areas of implementation and content strategy, you've installed a great system and then you've maybe walked away from it to a point. No, I agree. And uh, I mean, my short answer is content, just content. 
if they ignore it, then you don't know your audience. You're not putting the right information or content. Uh, simple things, okay? Digital menu boards. Digital menu boards make sense for a number of reasons. People are going to see them because they come, they look at the menu board to order. Okay, if you're in a if you're in a clothing retail store, you've got to use the digital signage screen for a key purpose. Some of the earliest digital signage play that was out there was the clothing store that wanted you to feel like you were at Huntington Beach. Um, Hollister. Hollister. They had screens on the wall that were showing the beach in Huntington Beach. So if you were on the East Coast and you went into the Hollister store at 10 a.m. right as the mall opened or something, you're likely to see waves rolling kind of in the dark. Was it a live feed? It was a live feed, yeah. No no product, no nope. clothing, just that, a live feed. Just to, the... just to make you feel like you were Huntington Beach because that was the Hollister experience. They knew their audience, they knew what they were trying to do, and they knew the experience they were trying to do. And you go in there, waves are waves, right? But you noticed it every time, it impacted you every single time. Now, you compare that to a screen where you come in and it's showing today's ad, right? Today's ad. Well, every time you walk in, it's today's ad. And you may notice it, you may not. So atmospheric purposes of digital signage, I've seen that get better and better and better over time. The Nike flagship store, whatever uh, they might call it in New York City, is very much about the experience, about the atmosphere, about the, the experience of walking through their store. There's a lot of digital type signs everywhere of different makes and models, different forms that don't even show shoes or apparel. They have branding or the other things. So I think we're going to see more and more of this as screens get larger and less expensive, where you're going to say, I'm going to establish an atmosphere with my customers. I won't even show them the products because the products are everywhere. And if we have a need for a special, we'll put it on there maybe. But maybe these signs over here, this whole wall of signs, we're never going to even talk about our product. We're going to just put in the beach, for example, like you said, the waves or the palm trees or whatever they want to introduce to their customers. And to me, I don't know if that makes me buy more, but I think it makes me stick around a little bit longer. Brings you back. Brings me back. Experience brings you back. Experience brings loyalty. Experience, experience, experience. You go where you're comfortable. If you like the feeling that you have in there, you'll be back. And Absolutely. eventually you'll buy. Yes. Okay. I don't care if you're the kind of person who goes and stands in the expensive jeans store and then goes down and buys at the discounter. Eventually, you're going to go in and you're, and you're going to say, I'm buying today. You're going to buy. And, and that's the long view. And in many cases, that's what you have to take. And I think we've in this conversation, we've hit on two ends of the spectrum here. The first that we started out with makes my life simpler, right? Speeds my process, make whatever. Okay, that's one end. The other end is it enhances the customer experience. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are talking about this too, because enhancing the customer experience has come a long way, but now there's the use of big data to, mm -hmm. to really capture the experience. There's that fine line that retailers have to walk with because they can collect data on everything. They can know that I'm Curtis. I walked in to a grocery store based on my scanning on the POS and my entering in the loyalty number, they know what I buy. And so therefore they can send tailored ads to me. This article that actually is, it's not that part of the benchmark report we were talking about, but it was actually on digital signage today and kudos to Bradley Cooper. He's one of their regular writers. He talks about how he was moderating a panel at a digital signage conference and it's how to use big data without creeping out customers. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. Well, big data just drives the decisions. I mean, Okay, so don't put up on the screen, welcome back, Curtis, do you need some more ointment? 
right? You know, it's, <laughs> it, you, you put up on the screen, men of your age, whatever it is, what are you, 18 now? You know, 18-year-old men <laughs> take and this and, and whatever. You used to big data to, to be smart, but to, to the point, not creepy. Well, it started out a little rocky, I think, because there was that whole problem with Facebook when it first started doing ads. The example that was used that the, the guy was buying jewelry for his girlfriend, uh, an engagement ring, and then she sees on their engagement ring ads, and it starts to kind of spill the beans. So what was meant to be a very private shopping experience now became a lot more public. So when she walks by and he's looking at Facebook and there's a, a diamond ring picture right there because the ad, they had this whole debacle they had to kind of figure out how do we respect privacy and how do we still tailor the ads to these people now I'll, I'll say this i think people are far less creeped out than we would have thought 20 years ago if we had heard what level of data gathering and lack of privacy that we have today if we heard about that in the 80s or 90s i think we would have been terrified there were books written about it back in the 60s and 70s we would have been terrified by the whole notion and then now that it's slowly kind of crept into our lives and it's actually helped us in a lot of ways, eh, a lot of people aren't so so intimidated by it. I use the example of I wanted to buy a bicycle. I go on one bicycle website. And for the following month, I had ad after ad after ad for bicycles from different retailers. And weirdly enough, as I navigated through those and clicked on some of those, the bikes got more and more specific to my taste. And at the end of the month, I found the perfect bike and I hadn't even looked for it. I had only interacted with ads along the way. And I was happy about it because I love the bike and I bought it and it was great and I'm recommending it to other people. Now that's a positive example of, of how ads creeping into my life have made a, a difference. But I could only imagine that there are a thousand other examples of how it is creepy. They use that word creepy. I'd be interested to, if there's a statistic out there, and I'm sure there is, because there's the digital signage and customer experience is studied all day long, every day. But for those people, like in your case of the bicycle, who had a really good experience, that was all hinged off of big data anyway. They, yeah, and so absolutely. it's like, so I would be very interested to see, okay, so without being creepy, how can we use that big data to deliver an exceptional customer experience? So I think that it, you can still use data the right way and still make it non-creepy and effective. So in terms of digital signage, if we're talking data applied to digital signage, that's a, that's a little bit more tricky, I think, because you're now in, in a public space. So if it's specific to you as a shopper and it's displayed on a 80-inch screen for all to see, now we're, we're walking a fine line, right? To me, I think maybe in the privacy of my own home when I'm on social media, ads aren't going to be a problem. Walking through a store might be. Yeah, to Tip's example of Welcome back, Curtis. Here's the hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> so going back to that WBR report, and it's funny because they're in the report, despite the fact that this is the customer facing retail, you know, digital signage market in retail through 2021, it talks about something that is not overly surprising to me because it's, it's something that we see a lot of. At the end of the day, the shoppers that digital signage is seeking to reach are also employees oftentimes. And so we're seeing that there's actually one of the questions that was in this report was talking about how retailers are also leveraging digital signage to train their personnel. We've seen it a couple of times, but it talks about how 22% of the retailers that were interviewed in this study found that it's essential to, to train employees 
all the time. And so therefore they found themselves using digital technology, not just signage, but how it is essential. So is that product knowledge, for example, is that employees walking through their store that they work at and they're seeing digital signage explaining things? And how, how is it being used to, to train? I, I think there's a little bit of what you just described, but I think the, the, the bigger value is in using those screens before and after close, open and close. So come in a half Dedicated an hour. sessions of training. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, hey, we're in the home goods department. Let's all gather around this particular screen. The department manager either knows or has the ability to trigger it, and it plays a particular video. And, and I've, said, I've said for years and years and years, video training is critical because everybody gets the same message. Right. It's not train the trainer who then gives their opinions and tells it their way. It's everybody hears it exactly the same way from whatever subject matter expert you recorded. So to to what Curtis was talking about, I think you have screens that are set up to be video on demand. So I can grab the remote and I can change out of the customer facing signage and get into a, a menu of content that's stored there. Watch it. And then whether the particular retailer wants to certify that people have watched it or not, you know, these are all options and things. And again, flexibility and ability. If you put the screens in, don't put them in to do one thing. Find second and third things that they can do. In the report, it talks about one of the reasons retailers have a bad experience with digital signage is they run out of uses for it. And Mm -hmm. so they end up that the content gets static. So that, to me, exactly proves your point. Find one, two, three, four reasons. And that goes to conversations we've had with people like David Haynes, who talk about you've got to find your why. If you're doing it just for competitive differentiation, you're most likely going to fail. But if your why is reason one, two, three, four, and five, and here's the projected ROI that we think we're going to get out of it, and here's what we're trying to accomplish out of it, and one of those things happens to be employee training or employee empowerment, it's more likely that your project's going to succeed. And for that matter, multiple departments are going to be willing to pay for it out of their own budgets. You're not just hinging it on marketing or just on corporate communications. It's one piece of the larger strategy, right? Yeah. So the the report talks about, lastly, it talks about artificial intelligence, AI. So AI-driven content. And now this is closely tied to big data, which we talked about. But how is AI going to influence, and, and it's predicting AI-driven content as soon as 2020 or 2021, how is AI going to really influence the digital signage industry? What AI does is it takes the human calculation out of big data. Artificial intelligence can look at a large amount of data and see patterns and make decisions so much faster than the human eye and mind can do. So I think your artificial intelligence will allow you to utilize big data in a very rapid and very dynamic fashion. You guys all saw that news, what, last week or two weeks ago? Walmart has their first AI-empowered store in New York City where there's almost no humans in it at all. It's all basing, I mean, there's people that obviously still accept money in some cases, but it's AI-driven. Really? Yeah. Now, is that kind of like the... Amazon Go stores or is you it? You know, I honestly haven't been. I've just seen a couple of articles about it. I definitely want to check it out next time any of us are in New York. Interesting. You talk about the creeped out factor, right? I don't <laughs> I don't want to be talking to, you know, Roby the digital assistant about, you know, what I want to buy. But if the screen has been told to play this content because of time of day and current sales volumes and trends and activities and what have you, I think that's effective. 
So what's the wrap up in there? What do they say about digital signage, you know, in the next 18 to 24 months? They have a few different con- conclusions in this, in this write-up. One of them, it says, making it more seamless and adding value to customer experiences beyond the original intent to purchase is important. Now, even growing retailers can access next-gen technologies, entice customers, entertain them, and add value to how they search for and select products. But as with all new investments, retailers of all sizes need a robust content and delivery strategy. So going back to content is the answer. Tip, you mentioned at the beginning, content is is critical and the the delivery strategy is, is critical. But the final sentence says, retailers of all sizes need a robust content delivery strategy to create more engaging, loyalty generating and profit driving experiences in their physical store. So Tip, you had mentioned that a physical store, although it has never been dead, it's been somewhat reinvented to embody the online experience. So I think it, I think this report is spot on in the sense that it's all about content and your overall strategy in terms of content delivery so that you get those loyal shoppers, you get the profit-driving experiences into those physical embodiments of an online experience. So kind of in conclusion, the the prediction is that retail signage plays a pivotal role in the health of brick and mortar stores that we're seeing come back to life a little bit more than we've seen recently. And that's important. That's a big deal because the sky was falling for so long. Like we talked about earlier, everybody's freaking out that the, the brick and mortar store was dead. And now that we found a way to kind of revive it and not let it die, how do we keep it alive? And digital signage is one of those answers. Yeah, I agree. Well, guys, I think we're officially out of time for this episode, so I appreciate the insight of both of you and making some time, and we certainly look forward to talking to you more about other topics here going forward. Thanks again, guys. Have a great weekend. 